Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you got drama yet? Morning. Afternoon. Evening, brunch time, lunch time. That was a bad one time. Got to flush it and move forward time. Still playing for a New Year's Six bowl game time. Probably would have bitten your arm off in, in August for that time. But uh, but times change time. Regardless, let's let's live in reality time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a sunny Tuesday afternoon in Knoxville, Tennessee. God's own Knoxville, Tennessee, 1.9 miles away from Neyland Stadium where the Tennessee Volunteers will not be this weekend. The Vols will be at Vanderbilt to play uh, the Commodores, the regular season finale against a suddenly a team that's won two games in a row after not winning an SEC game in quite a long time. And the Vols will be doing so with Joe Milton III pulling the strings. It has been quite a few days. Uh, it's been uh, it, it's just when you, you think it's safe to, to not have to worry about battered vol syndrome anymore. Boy, it, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say to Tennessee fans right now other than I am sorry. It has been a really, 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 really rough couple of days, and we, we do need to discuss it, so please, please don't get uh, upset about that. But there are some things that we we have to discuss about Tennessee and just the, the unfortunate – situation with Hendon Hooker and and the, the unfortunate performance against South Carolina. What's next against Vanderbilt? Quite a, a lot to parse over. Before we do that quickly, just to let you know, uh, this is a Tuesday, not a Monday. Obviously, we, we, we hate not doing a podcast on a Monday, um, but, you know, it's it's the holiday season. Guys have been traveling around. we got family obligations. Uh, ben, who will be joining me in this episode, was has been a bit under the weather the past couple days. We we have all been sort of put through it. Hank's surgery, my son's, is coming up early, early Wednesday morning, so there's been stuff to, to prepare for there. No excuses, just uh, we, we pardon our progress. There, there's been a bunch of stuff going on the past couple of days. Plus, if if you needed to wait another day to, to – to let process what happened in Columbia. I can understand that, but uh, let's go on down to Ben McKee's house and bring Ben on in here. Ben, how are you, my man? I am better than I was on Sunday and yesterday. The, the stomach flu got me. It was, it was not a, a, a fun 24, 36 hours for, for me, much like Tennessee's defense on Saturday night in Columbia, South Carolina. But other than that, I'm well, Thanksgiving is, Probably my favorite holiday, one A, one B. And now your stomach's completely empty going into it. <laughs> it, it is com- completely empty. I, I can assure you of that. And uh, I, I am ready for some some good Thanksgiving food. Need need to get my sweet potato casserole and and dressing in uh, this week. I got to go two, three, four rounds there. So uh, I, I'm good. Other than than being under the weather the last couple of days, but 
Uh, I, I think my stomach just just couldn't handle too much of of what was uh, happening on the football field Saturday night, and, and it just led over into into my life, and it was an accurate representation of of what took place on the football field. Yeah, and just to give everybody a quick heads up on the schedule this week, we are doing a. Um, this will be a football podcast. Obviously, the basketball team will, is in the Bahamas right now getting ready for the battle for Atlantis, and, and we will have uh, a podcast on that, I believe, either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. One of the two uh, will have that preview up for the battle for Atlantis, um, and then we'll be discussing basketball on that episode. Then we'll have uh, probably one more episode before the Tennessee Vanderbilt game at some point, uh, and then we'll be right there as normal, as usual, for a Saturday post-game edition. So that is the new, that is roughly the schedule for the week, the schedule, what it looks like. So lots to discuss there. Of course, if, if you're just now um, learning this, uh, I don't know where you've been for the past couple of days, uh, but since the last time we did a podcast, there was no definitive news on Hendon Hooker. Now there is, and it is not good. He has torn his left ACL. His uh, season, his Tennessee football career is done. Uh, it, it it took a bad game Saturday and 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 worsened it to the nth degree. Uh, there's no there's no nice way to put that. It was about as bad as it possibly could be on every level. And for Hendon Hooker, uh, the magical 2022 that he has has had is uh, is done. And, and I think at some point, maybe after this season, we'll, we'll go back and do like a Hendon Hooker's greatest hits. Uh, podcast, see if we can even maybe get him on the horn, uh, you know, see if we can get him on there and talk to him about it at some point, hopefully. Um, but it, it, it it's 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 just it's not the way this story was supposed to end. And, and but when I say end, I mean end at Tennessee, right? Like his his legacy at Tennessee is not going anywhere. His communication, his role on this team is not going anywhere. His play on the field, however, for Tennessee is done. And what a ride it's been. Uh, ben, I, I I think that we'd be remiss if we didn't say just what Hendon Hooker has been to this program, what things were like when he got there, the situations in life that he has overcome to be here, uh, and 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 I think say what you will about the championships that guys like Martin and Manning and 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 those guys won, but those guys never 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 saw Tennessee football the way it was when Hendon Hooker got there. They were able to build. The foundation was there when those guys stepped in. They just took it to the next level. Um, but Hendon Hooker and, and, and what he has done for this team, for this program, I insist, on, I, I firmly believe, I don't know what it is, but something in that campus, something in that complex needs his name on it because he has restored honor and sort of dignity and pride to the Tennessee football program. Right. He, he was a, a symbol of hope for Tennessee and, and its fans. And just really sad how his career here is is going to come to an end um, just w- in, in so many ways, uh, how, how it is sad uh, in terms of um, just the fact that his last game is going to be that hideous football game uh, is really unfortunate. And the Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Sugar Bowl, whatever bowl Tennessee ends up in now, it's not going to be as significant as the college football playoffs or uh, an SEC championship game. 
Um, but the fact that Hendon won't be afforded the opportunity to play in a marquee bowl game is is sad as well. And maybe he would have made the decision not to play uh, in the bowl game. So I that's bet, something. I, I bet he would have played. Yes, I, I think he would have played as as well. But what you saw Saturday night is is why guys make those decisions. I mean, Hendon has vaulted his way up. To, to being a, a top five quarterback in the upcoming draft in, in some people's minds. And, and I'm not at all saying that Mel Kuyper Jr. or, or Todd McShay is the voice of absolute voice of reason and, and their their rankings and projections are, are the end all be all. But uh, Hendon did climb up into Mel Kuyper's top five quarterbacks just as recently as a week or two ago. And and I think that is is very telling of what the NFL is coming around to thinking of Hendon. And and it's really unfortunate with his draft stock really skyrocketing this season that this is how it ended for him at, at Tennessee. And and I hope that it doesn't hurt his draft stock too, too much. Uh, I'm not really sure the, the timeline for his availability next season y- in the NFL. Yeah, you're talking about a guy now who might not be able to play an NFL game until he's like 27 years old or something. I mean, 26, 27. And at that point, it, it's the age becomes an even bigger factor. Even though quarterbacks are playing longer than they ever have, and, and, and you know, he could right. still easily play a good solid decade in the league, and that's like the floor. Um, it, that's still a long time. But, you know, it, it, it's at some point – very few quarterbacks. I mean, look at even the difference in Aaron Rodgers this season, right? Like, you know, Brady was able to buck that trend. Other guys have been able to do it a little bit, um, but it, it's it's certainly going to affect things because it takes his age and kicks it down the the, the curb even now, further. I, I I will counter with the fact that guys are recovering from ACL injuries much quicker nowadays True. than than they used to, and it is mid November. I guess more towards late November now, but uh, I, and I don't know when he's having the surgery. I would imagine as soon as possible. Um, and and the NFL season, in terms of regular season games being played, are uh, ten, eleven months away. I mean, he he could reasonably be back um, by by the time Week One is here. The the problem is he's going to miss all of the the off season stuff, which and, you and, need as a rookie. Yes, absolutely, especially as a, a rookie quarterback. So. There's just so many angles in which it's really unfortunate that that's how Hendon's Tennessee career comes to an end. Uh, and it's I feel for him that that they lost in the manner that they did in a game that they were supposed to win. I mean, it, it is still impossible for me to wrap my mind around the fact that Tennessee lost on Saturday. Uh, as people have been listening to this podcast for weeks, no, I have written South Carolina off as as far as I could and I still feel that Tennessee is the better football team by a lot than South Carolina yeah and I'd I'd say by a a pretty good amount as as well the defense makes you you rethink things but that that what we saw on Saturday from the defense Wes is the, the the those were the concerns that I was kind of voicing in the preseason and throughout the month of September that that was the other shoe that I was waiting to drop um, because I, I I do believe that Tennessee lacks talent on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, it, it lacks depth. It, it lacks personnel. And I, and I've just kind of been waiting for it to catch up to them. And it finally did on Saturday. And, and it's really unfortunate that you, you pair Hendon's injury 
with with that ugly of a loss, and it's just a, a nightmare scenario for Tennessee, quite frankly. It is, and I, I want to kick that down the the the, the curb just a bit because I want to. I think that's a really good topic for the second segment and one that we need to discuss. Um, but before we wrap up the first segment here, I do want to mention that it, it, it's not under the circumstances that any of us I think would have wanted this to happen. But I also think that you, you know it, it's there's I don't think it's cruel. I think it's just a fact of life to say. Injuries in sports happen. They they do, uh, especially a game like football. It's a barbaric sport. Things happen. Of course, you don't happen on a non-contact play with hooker, which is just even more cruel. But, you know, bottom line is the stress these guys put their bodies under, the the speed and strength they have on the frames they have. Sometimes you just you, you, you go one way and your body doesn't want you to go that way and something just happens. You get caught in the sand turf, whatever it is, something happened and, and, and injuries happen. But the other side of that is now we do get to, you know, get a head start on what's possibly the Joe Milton era at Tennessee. And it's not as quickly as anyone wanted this to happen. But, you know, if, if, if you have already lost that game and they were going to lose that game, the moment Hooker's injury occurred, that was a turnover that, that ended up really, really putting the game away for sure. Um, so at that point it became about, okay, finish the drill here, get ready for next year, all that. And, you know, Joe Milton's going to be competing for the starting job next year. He, he just is. So getting him a couple of games to go in there and play, I'm not saying it's a good thing for Tennessee because you wanted things with Hooker to end the right way. But um, it's hardly the worst-case scenario that now Joe Milton gets a couple of games under his belt, not having to look over his shoulder. Because behind him, it's just walk-ons right now because Steven Jackson's hurt. So behind him, it's just walk-ons. So Joe goes out there and throws three or four picks. Guess what, Joe? You're still playing quarterback. So he gets to he gets to go out there with confidence and go out there and we can see what he's got. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what Joe does uh, against Vanderbilt. Uh I hate that it is under these circumstances and and I'm sure Joe feels the same way because he and Hendon are are really really close and and just to add one more thing on Hendon Injuries are part of sports. I, I agree with you. It's, it just always stinks when it's when it takes place to to the guys like Hendon Hooker, yeah. the the good ones that that do it the right way, uh, that that are great people, great role models, quite frankly, uh, and, and really put in all the work. And uh, to see it come to a unfortunate end just just really stinks. But yeah, really excited to see what Joe does on, on Saturday. We, we all know he has a ton of arm talent and it's time for it to be unleashed it was somewhat unleashed last year when he started the opener and and the first couple of games of the season Um, but obviously in hindsight he was not ready at that time I do think Joe is better but he's also he's also healthier because he he messed up his knee pretty bad pretty early yeah he did Um, but even in that uh, game against I guess it was Ball State in the opener last year there, there were still some throws that that he missed where you kind of raised your eyebrow and wondered how he was missing guys that that wide open. I remember people being frustrated after that opener because obviously the the talk around Josh Heupel's offense and and whatnot and it being game one and and they were probably too high of an expectation for that opener, but. I think they only scored like 38 points or so, and, and people were disappointed that it wasn't 50 or, or 60 on the board given 
the opponent. So uh, I, I do think he's improved since last season. Uh, to to me, it, it does appear that he is throwing with more touch, uh, and, and I'm I'm curious to see if if he can do that consistently, consistently, and, and can he throw guys open, which he has also shown at times this season. Uh, his touchdown pass to Ramel Keaton against Missouri. He threw Ramel Keaton open. Can can he anticipate things? Can can he scan the field the way that Hendon did? I mean, and then maybe he won't do it as great as Hendon because that was Hendon's best trait, yeah. practically. But can can he do those things that that really make you a quarterback rather than a a thrower or, or rather than a guy that just has a ton of arm talent and, and something else, Wes. Um, you, and it speaks to your point about him being healthier. I think you're going to see him run the ball more and not not only run it more, but run with more conviction because yeah. he, he truck stick, he, truck stick. Yes. He didn't really trust himself when he was running around with the football last year. So uh, I, I think he is capable of of being one of the best quarterbacks in, in the entire country. Quite frankly, he he has the natural talent to do so. But can can he ha- add that element that every really really good quarterback has, and and that's kind of the instincts of the position and and the IQ and and the touch and and, and those things that I, I just spoke on. So it's a great opportunity for him, and uh, it, it could make for quite an off season whether he uh, shows well or, or shows poorly. Yeah, I mean it's 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 you're right. It, it changes. The, the topic completely over the next couple months. And we'll see, like, you know, our, it, it, Brew McCoy is banged up and might not play this weekend. Uh, Cedric Tillman, there's a chance he could be like, Hendon's gone. I saw what happened to Hendon. I'm good. And honestly, I would not blame him one bit for doing that if that's the decision that he made. If, if what he saw with, with Hendon really shook him to his core and he went, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, we'll see if he plays this weekend. I, I might be surprised if he does. But uh, I think Jalen Hyatt, with everything he's playing for, he's going to play. He's looking for records. He's looking for trophies. He's going to play. Um, almost certain about that. So uh, we will see, though. But, I mean, guys like, you know, Keaton, they've got Squirrel White. You know, they got other guys who are going to play and can make some plays. So we'll we'll see we'll see how they do. The offensive line going to be huge this this week. They got to go out there and they got to get it done. Uh, they got to play as well as they have in a long time. And the running backs got to fall forward and get yards and, and make plays because you don't want to put every single thing on Milton the way you would with Hendon Hooker. That's just not what you what you should do in this situation. So we're going to step away for just a second, guys. We're going to come back and talk about Tennessee's defense. Sorry, and, and I'm giving you advance warning on that um, because there are Frank discussions that we need to have uh, without being harsh but um, while, while speaking the truth and um, even though the truth will sound harsh because it needs to um, but regardless no malice is what I should say no malice but we are going to have a firm discussion about defense and uh, before we do that though we're going to step away for just a second pay some bills listen to product services in-house ads etc then be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast hashtag ad Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
but it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the GoBoss 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from Ben McKee's stomach-flu-ridden house down there in another part of this beautiful city of Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, got a lot to discuss on this episode, Tennessee football especially. Uh, talked a little bit about Hendon Hooker and all that in the first segment and just, just how unfortunate that is, but how that is part of sports and how moving on has to happen and how the Joe Milton era is now here at Tennessee. And uh, we'll see how long it lasts. Is it two games or is it 15 or 16 games? We will see. We will start to figure all that out. And now we're going to talk about the defense a little bit. But before we do that, let's take a quick break. Not not take a quick break. I'm going to give you a quick request, if you don't mind. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, maybe 60 seconds, 75 seconds, 90 seconds tops, go in there and subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast. We really would appreciate that. If you're just listening on the website there at GoVols247.com, no problem with that whatsoever. No wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there, whether you're on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, Amazon, anywhere in the world, you can cast a fine pod. You can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we are happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very few complaints from our end. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there and subscribe it, rate, and review it. And tell your friends, tell people that you see around town, tell people that you see um, at church, tell people you see at the dog park, walking your dog around town, tell people you see just just out there eating lunch around town, right? I mean, no matter where you live, you see somebody wearing a Tennessee shirt, be like, hey, man, or or, hey, lady, whoever you are, go out there and listen to this GoVoss 24-7 podcast. I love it, and you'll love it too. And now multiple people now have done this already, have told me stories about how random people have told them about the podcast or they've told random people about the podcast. Either way, it's fun to hear these stories. They're they're really cool, and uh, it shows that this dumb little thing that we've been doing is working. It is working. So old-school communication still works. And if you're, if you're awkward and you don't want to text, you know, call people, text them. Whatever you do, just get the word out. And that could be your new best friend, right? You go meet a stranger, that's your new best friend. That's your spouse. That's You never know, guys. Butterfly effect. You never know. Do you believe in karma? I do. Go do those things. And if you're already doing those things, thank you. We love you. And if not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ben, back to the business at hand. In this case, Tennessee's defense, if you want to use inverted commas, air quotes, whatever you want to... Uh, The fact is that in that football game, South Carolina, the week before, went to Gainesville, scored zero offensive points in a game. One week later, 
there were basically 10 real possessions for South Carolina. They ran the, they, they, they ran out the clock in the final minute of the first half. They ran out the clock, obviously, in the victory formation in the final minute of the second half. Other than that, there were 10 possessions in that football game for South Carolina's offense. Nine of them went to the end zone. One was a three and out, so, you know, good job there. The other nine went to the end zone. Multiple third and long conversions, multiple fourth down conversions, uh, multiple really, really dumb penalties, multiple breakdowns on the back end, uh, lots of losing at the point of contact physically on the defensive line, lots of bad angles. Anything that you can do that is bad on defense, Tennessee did it in that game. And that group has at times been bad this season, at times it's been okay, and at times it's been pretty good. And I think if we're going to be honest about the situation, you have to give credit to South Carolina. I believe games are won more than they are lost. And South Carolina had a really good script for that first series through a lot of through the kitchen sink at Tennessee, was able to get to the end zone, was able to get some momentum going. And once they got once they got confident, Spencer Rattler, it unlocked that thing in him that's always been there. And he made a handful of throws in that game, at least, that blew my mind. His arm talent is unbelievable. He made some NFL caliber throws, and I'm telling you NFL caliber throws because we can see him from the all-22 up at the press box. We can see him. That's what an NFL throw looks like. Take nothing away from South Carolina and what South Carolina did in that football game. There was only one deserving winner in that game, and it was the Gamecocks. However, uh, that Tennessee defensive performance with everything on the line is the most inexcusable disgusting defensive display I have ever seen in a game. It completely by itself, by itself, completely by itself derailed this Tennessee football season. It removed Tennessee from national championship contention, and it did it against an offense that has not been in the top half of this league in like nine years. It was that bad. It was, um, I don't want to say unforgivable because you never, you know, maybe that group gets things figured out next year and helps lead them to a championship. I don't know. Uh, and maybe that'll be a moment that turns things for them in a big way. But it is really, really hard in this moment to forget what happened. You cannot forget what happened. Ben, that defensive performance on Saturday night in South Carolina destroyed this football season. Yeah, it, it did. It absolutely did because it is the reason that Tennessee lost. Uh, Tennessee's offense was was ready to play. I mean, it, it was. It, it wasn't always pretty for the offense. Uh, you, you start the game by by answering the opening South Carolina touchdown with a, a quick, easy score, thanks to Jabari Small. And, and then on the next offensive possession, Spragans had two consecutive bad plays that that really messed Tennessee up, and, and that allowed South Carolina to go up 14-7. But other than that, I mean, Tennessee's offense looked fine un- until it played well enough I, to win the game. Yes, more than more than well enough to to win the game. The 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 problem was that the the defense never gave them a chance to steal the momentum from from the opening kick. And this is obviously hindsight twenty twenty. And and Josh Heupel's been doing this all season long, and and I believe last year as well. But when Josh Heupel wins the toss, he decides to defer. And, and get the ball to start the second half. And, and I agree with that thinking. Because no one had scored a touchdown on them in the first drive all season long. They'd had nothing but 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 punts, turnovers on downs, or field goals. That's it, all season. 
Well, and, and I like doing it just for the simple fact of getting the ball to start the second half. That, that's why I like uh, deferring or kicking off to start the game. But I think, and this is not me blaming Josh Heupel, but I, I'm just talking about the circumstances that played out. That was the worst thing to happen to Tennessee because South Carolina punched Tennessee's defense right in the face and it never responded. And, and if if you have Tennessee's offense on the field and, and they have the first possession that it did right off the bat, it sucks the energy right out of that stadium. It sucks the energy out of that South Carolina defense and probably the offense as well. And my overall point that I'm making is that Tennessee's defense did not give Tennessee's offense a chance because the entire game, Tennessee's offense was playing catch up. That that's that's what they were doing the entire game, and it and it put pressure on them to where they had to play perfect football. And when they did not play perfect football, the the score <laughs> became even worse than than what it was. I forget exactly how many points they were down at, at one point in the in the first half. I want to say up to 17 or so, 14, 17, some, something like that. Yeah, um, um, I'd have to go back and look, little, but they were down by a couple scores at least. Right, they were, they were down by a couple scores at least. Uh, and the offense is able to come back out and, and make it a four-point game early in the third quarter. But again, because it had to play perfect football all night long, you just can't sustain that. You You just can't. Uh, and the the Tennessee defense was absolutely pitiful. I mean, it it was worse than any South Sincere defensive performance I saw in 2012, and that is saying something because yeah. of so many circumstances, the South Carolina offense had not been good at all. They they had been bad all season long. They they, they still want it. to fire their coordinator still right now today. Still want to fire their coordinator. Yes. And we talked about it on the preview pod. Like Spencer Rattler has talent. That that's never been the issue with Spencer Rattler, but he he's never had the 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 things you need between the ears that a quarterback needs, in my opinion. And all of a sudden, he looks like Kyler Murray out there, or Bryce Young, or or Tua out out there throwing the football around. And and he he was making great throws, but they were against defensive backs who do not need to be playing in the SEC. Uh, and Jaheim Bell, South Carolina finally realized that they need to use him and, and how to use him properly. And, and he had a big game that that hurt Tennessee. But to, to sum it all up, I think the, the biggest issue was the fact that Tennessee's defensive line did not win its matchup. The, the secondary has been atrocious all season long, yeah. outside of the Kentucky game. Yes. Outside of the Kentucky game, which shout out Will Levis, future number one overall De- pick. Decent against LSU, too. Yeah, decent against LSU. But the common denominator has been the defensive line. When the defensive line has played well, that secondary has looked better than what it actually is. When the defensive line has not played well, Georgia, South Carolina, the defense looks absolutely abysmal, especially against South Carolina. So I, I think the defensive front has really masked a, a lot of the ugliness of the secondary, and they did not play well on Saturday. They they lost to an, an offensive line at South Carolina that I don't think is, is all that good, and, and that's disappointing that they lost that matchup, and, and it just led to a, a lot of issues on the back end. Because, again, that, that secondary has been atrocious all season long, Wes. But when the defensive line isn't able to generate pressure and, and kind of take some some pressure off of the secondary, it, it looks like what it did on Saturday. 
Yeah, there's a couple things to discuss before we get out of here. One of them uh, is the Jeremy Banks situation. And what I can tell you right now is that he was not on the trip to South Carolina. It was not injury or illness related. Uh, and we'll see when he comes back or if he does or all that. But uh, there's a lot of rumors going around out there. Uh, I can guarantee you that every rumor that exists out there, we have heard. And in most situations, when there is smoke, there is fire. It's very clear that something happened. And it's also very clear, as we have said for four or five years now, Jeremy Banks' maturity is always something that makes you a little bit nervous. He's just one of those guys who just makes you nervous. And whether that is fair or not, and I think it is fair because there are, have been actions in the past that make you worry about that, um, there are... There's just always been concern there, and that's why we've never he's never talked to the media. That's why they've kept him away from us. There, there's just always uh, concerns with with Jeremy Banks. And regardless of whatever happened, if we get to it for sure on the record at some point, we will get it. Um, but it's clear that something happened, and that it was not like health related. That that's unless you want to say something else, Ben, that you've nailed down. That's the best that I got right now. Because I don't want to, this is not the situation you want to be wrong about. What I can say for sure, he did not play. It was not health or, or you know, injury, illness related, and that it's the latest example of him needing to grow up. And I don't know if he will. Yes. Uh, in quotations, undisclosed injury is is what I got, AKA you, you can put two and two together. Uh, like, like Wes just said, it was, it was, was not injury related as to why Jeremy Banks did did not travel uh, to South Carolina, and it, it's it's really unfortunate uh, because he he at this stage in his career should be a a leader, a bona fide leader, not not a not a fraudulent leader, which is what he is, but a a bona fide leader and somebody who helps Tennessee get over the hump in these football games and and get to the college football playoffs and it's just really unfortunate that uh his, his actions last week played a role in, in Tennessee putting together the embarrassing performance that it did on, on Saturday so it, it's really unfortunate Wes you you summed it up well uh he, he's never really been somebody that that Tennessee can trust uh throughout the week and throughout throughout the calendar year quite frankly uh and and this is now with with two coaching staffs and uh, I'd be very surprised if if he is back in in Knoxville next season. But in, in terms of this particular week, this particular game against Vanderbilt, it, it sounds like he'll be available to play miraculously uh, on Saturday yeah. at, 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 against Vandy as long as he handles his business this week. But I, I, I hey, don't if know you, if you, you if you help a team win on the field, the locker room will take care of itself. If you those are business situations, and if somebody out there is going to help them win football games, there's a lot of things in a locker room that you'll tolerate. It's when you're doing stuff you shouldn't be doing and you're not helping the team win, that's when you're persona non grata. But honestly, it's a business. We, Especially those of us who have played ball know that the, it's not like you love everybody that's out there with you. Most of them you do, um, or you at least like them, and there's a couple guys who you're like, you know what, he's here, it's business. If he helps, he helps. It's kind of how it is. I mean, if he handles his business this week, he'll play on Saturday. But you can't really trust Jeremy Banks to handle his business. So I guess we'll see. We will see. And the last thing I want to mention before we get out of here, we're a little pressed for time here today, is, is that I, I think th this is where I am with this defense. Um, I think that you, all hands on deck, 
whatever you think you need to do, whoever you need to play to win this game and get to a New Year's Six game, you play. Whatever, if, if, if you have got a guy who you know how flawed he is, but you still, still, you still swear at the end of the day that he is the best thing to help you win football games right now, you play that person this week. You do whatever you need to do. It's the final game of the regular season. You win the game. However, as soon as this regular season is over, it is time, beyond time, for a thorough, thorough examination of who needs to be on that football field and who doesn't. Uh, It is time, and even if you're an upperclassman, even if you played a lot of football at Tennessee, uh, you cannot play defense. It is impossible to play defense worse than Tennessee played at South Carolina. It is If Tennessee had gone out there with the express intention of making that as bad as possible, it would have been 70 points and not 63. That's how bad it was. Like I said this in a column, if you, and I'm not saying there was, but hypothetically speaking, if there had been some arrangement that they made to throw the game, the person they made the arrangement with would have been sweating bullets because he'd have been like, guys, make it look a little less obvious. Like occasionally get a stop. Like, my God, you don't need to be losing this game by 25 points. What the hell are you doing? You know, even some, you'd have some mob guys being like, come on, this is how this is when people start investigating stuff. And all I'm saying is you cannot play defense as badly as they played it in that game. And it is not the first time this season that Tennessee has just been athletically inferior to the guys that it is playing. Once you finish this regular season, once you start preparing for a bowl game, once you start looking at next season, if there are young guys who don't exactly know what they're doing yet, but they are athletically better than what you have, put their asses on the field. It is time you cannot, you know now, you know now, you you cannot play offense overall, with a couple of exceptions, you cannot play offense better than the way Tennessee played it this season. It is almost impossible to be better offensively than Tennessee has been this season. And you've still lost two games, and you're still not playing for a championship because your defense completely, completely let you down. And athletically, they were on that line all season long. So... If there are young guys, you have 15 bowl practices to get them ready, up to 15 bowl practices to get them ready, put them on the field. And if other guys who have been playing a lot, if you're like, hey, man, love you, thank you for what you've done here, you're, you're happy to – you can, you can stay, stick, you know, stick around and be a special teams guy, you can stick around and be a second teamer, but athletically, we need somebody better than you. And those are the conversations that need to be had, and I think from Josh Heupel on down through his defensive staff – Everybody on that staff needs to be on the same page about that because you cannot compete for a national championship with some of those guys. You just can't do it. And next season, your offense is not going to be better than it was this season. It's still going to be really good probably, but it's probably not going to be better than it was this season because that's impossible to do. You know, you're going to lose a bunch of guys and then Hooker won't be out there. Tillman gone, you know, Hyatt gone. You're going to have to change some things. Um, They're still going to be really good. I think offensively, as long as Heupel's there. But they're going to have to be better defensively. And I don't know how they do that, but they need to do that. If it's young guys, if it's portal guys, in that secondary especially, you cannot win at a high level. You cannot consistently compete for a championship with players of that caliber. You just can't. And that's not a knock on them, their effort, their focus, their intensity. It's just athleticism. They're just not good enough. No, they're they're not, and you're absolutely right. Uh, a, a lot needs to change, and 
uh, we, we could dedicate a whole podcast and will uh, after the season to, to what changes need to be made defensively. I, I am not one that is going to be calling for Tim Banks to to be replaced. No, I'm sorry no. to disappoint. Uh, I, I think that's quite frankly, I think it's silly um, to, to be calling for, for Tim Banks' job this early. I, I realize that a lot of people are frustrated and Saturday's performance was abysmal, pathetic. I, I called it worse than any South Sinceri defensive performance I saw, which I think is the ultimate slap I've in the never face. seen Tennessee football play that bad defensively against an opponent of that caliber. I've never seen it. No, I haven't either. So uh, I'm not at all saying that Tim Banks has, has been perfect, has been great. Uh, I, I'm not saying that Willie Martinez has either. So please don't take it as me saying that. I just don't know that you can, and especially with Tim Banks, I don't know that you can fully evaluate him knowing what he took over. The defense didn't have it, have as many guys to, to kind of play with in the coaching transition as the offense did. The The offense had some some guys who had talent and, and just kind of needed to be coached up and, and, and whatnot. And also you were limited in what you could do in the transfer portal this past offseason because of the NCAA investigation. Uh, so I, I know that they did go out there and add Wesley Walker and add Andre Turrentine, and, and I'm surprised that they they've haven't played as much as I thought that they would. I am with Walker, Wesley. not with Turrentine. With Turrentine, I think it always looked like he was a, a little bit of time away, but with Walker, yes. I, I don't get it. Yes, Turrentine is much younger. I agree with you there, but but still, I, I thought he'd get a little more run than than what he has. But I, I I do believe that the the larger issue on the defensive side of the ball is personnel and, and a lack of talent. I, I think that they need to completely make over the secondary. I, I think they need to go out and and add as as many guys as they can. I they they need new starting safeties. Uh, they they need corners bad. The, there's a reason they have six defensive backs committed in this upcoming class, and 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 are still going to maybe take portal guys. Yes, and, and I I don't I don't get the the conversation about adding a, a running back out of the portal and and some of these other positions when you desperately need players in the secondary. You desperately need linebackers, in my opinion. Maybe not as desperately as you do in the secondary, but. Even Jawan Mitchell and, and Aaron Beasley going into next year, I, I don't know that that's a tandem that you can 1,000% trust from game to game. I, I like both, and I especially like Beasley, and I think Jawan Mitchell has potential. Beasley was, Beasley was one of the few guys who played decently in that game. He he got beat a few times, but he he made plays. He did some good stuff. He was trying to rally the guys. He He, he was out there giving it the effort. Correct. But can you trust him as, as a bona fide SEC linebacker no. from from week to week? I don't think so. So, like, if if a Jameer Gibbs becomes available and he wants to come to Tennessee, you one thousand percent take a Jameer Gibbs. I'm not I'm not saying don't take a running back at all, but you, you're going to have Jabari Small, you're going to have Jalen Wright, you're going to have Dylan Sampson. Like, I'm sorry, but when the secondary and the linebackers and the defense looks the way that it has at times this season and cost you a spot in the college football playoffs, you remake the defense anyway, anyhow. And that, and that's what, that's what needs to happen. So I'm not on the whole Tim Banks firing train. I, I agree with you. I'm <laughs> in, not on that train in year two. If, if it were year three, year four, then okay, let's have that conversation. 
But I, I think because of what he took over, I think people are forgetting that it's only year two and Josh Heupel is not a defensive guy. That that defense needed more work than the offense. That defense is still being built up. So uh, that that time for that conversation may come. I just think it's a little premature because I think the bigger issue is is personnel and, and they need to do whatever they can to to remake the entire secondary. Well, uh, yeah, I, I'll end with this thought, Ben, and I should I should have put this more bluntly, I, I, I or more 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 specifically. I'm not on the the Tim Banks has got to go bandwagon. I I don't think that at all. Uh, I you know what what I do think though is that if he is going to come back and that is fine. If he's going to come back, that that's it's okay. But if you put some of these same guys back out there next season and these results aren't better, that proves you did not learn anything this season. And at that point, at that point, you have to seriously consider a change. If you you cannot put these same guys out there next season and have them play at this level, you can't do it. You can't do it. Get the younger guys ready. Do it. You got to do it. That's 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 where I am on that. But we got another time. We we got the rest of the of the week to talk about a couple of these other things. We just there's some things we had to discuss today, and uh, we did that. We'll be back uh, soon with hoops, and then we'll have another episode before the game, uh, and then we'll have another episode after the game. So Ben, I know you're busy, man. We all are this week. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. There's that button, and now I can say. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family, 
all of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.